Wake Up with Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News from 5 to 9. Then it's Lifestyle Talk with Jenna Barr and Pep Talk from 9 to 11. Talk politics and current events with Brian Kilmeade from 11 to 1. Become debt-free with Dave Ramsey from 1 to 4. Then, drive home with Bobby Rossi and Pensacola right now from 4 to 7. On News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. We're going to dance. We're going to dance. We're going to dance and have some fun. a three and out from TCU and Georgia's Stetson Bennett just rushes into the end zone on a distraction play. You think, oh, it's only seven points. How bad can it be? Mm. Frogs could use a break. It's Davis in motion. He's got it in the jet sweep. Darius Davis blazing fast. Lost the ball. It's on the ground. A scrum right near the TCU bench. Georgia says they've got it. So first series, you go three and out. Second series, you fumble, and then you force them to settle for a field goal. So it's only 10 to zero at this point. How bad can it be? Second down against the three-man runs. Launching downfield. Darius Davis is wide open. Has to wait in the throw. But weaves his way down inside the 15. It's a coverage bust and a big play desperately needed. Yeah, I think it was like a 60-yard play winds up. They did not get the touchdown on that play, but they did get the touchdown on the next play TCU did. Third and one. That's eventually in this series. Motion. Dug in with the keeper scores. A touchdown run for each quarterback. Yeah, so each one of the quarterbacks can scamper. That made it 10-7, to and if you're a TCU fan, you're like, ah, it's not so bad. With the play action, Bennett looks down the middle. McConkey's wide open. Touchdown, Dogs. Uh, 37-yard dagger bomb to McConkey. So, uh, and then they wind up getting in the end zone from that. Bennett again with a scamper. So that's two touchdowns for the uh, Georgia quarterback. So that's 17-7. to And if you're TC, you're thinking it's not so bad. Oh, sorry. That's actually, excuse me. Uh, that made it. Uh, th- th- then there was a twenty-four to seven at that point. And then, and then when TCU is coming back, normally he lines up on the left almost every time. Duggan sidesteps the rush, launches downfield. Johnson, the intended receiver, but it's picked off. No, oh, no. Javon <laughs> Buller patrolling it deep uh, into the field, and it's the second takeaway for the dogs. Halfway through the second quarter, and you have now two takeaways. One fumble, one interception, and Georgia, of course, converts that. So it's 31-7. to It's a minute left in the half, and you think, it's not so bad, right? Duggan stands and delivers, but it's intercepted. Oh, no. Made a mistake, and Javon Bullard has had a huge first half with takeaway number three, and no, Georgia is not done in the first half. But surely they wouldn't score again in the first half, would they? It's down the seam in the middle. Bennett looking this time to the edge. Mitchell, one-handed catch for a touchdown. And the highlight reel continues. Oh, man. 38-7. to 
38 to 7 at the half. <laughs> it's just, you know, you were turning you tuned in and you hope for a good game and you know, if you're a Georgia fan, you know, you um you're hoping for, you know, uh, uh, some something. <laughs> you're hoping for something more than that. But um, unfortunately, no. You're uh, you're hoping that you can at least come out on the second half, and maybe you can do something better then. And if you're the, um, if you are the coach for TCU, and they come and ask you your opinion, well, you got to say something optimistic, right? Coach, how do you come back from this larger deficit? Well, we had things go about as bad as they could go in the first half. Yeah. Uh, exactly what we talked about. Turned the ball over three times, gave up a bunch of big plays. Um, we just got to get settled in. You know, it seemed like a little bit early maybe this, uh, our guys were a little bit wide-eyed. And we just got to settle in and play football. We're making uncharacteristic mistakes. And we get some momentum second half, maybe we get back in this game. All right, thank you, Coach. Holly. We get some momentum in the second half, maybe we can get in this game. That reminds me of something that was said by somebody else as far as a prediction going and not aging so well. You only earn the position of Speaker of the House if you can get the votes. <laughs> Mr. McCarthy doesn't have the votes today. He will not have the votes tomorrow, and he will not have the votes next week, next month, next year. TCU's going to come back in the second half. McCarthy won't become Speaker of the House. I see a parallel here, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, man. And Georgia just completely runs away with it in the second half. And it's, what, 65-7 to is your final score. And TCU was was, was also there. They were also there. And as far as, like, should they have been there, it was just, look, the the uh, Ohio State Georgia game was great. The Michigan TCU game was great. Um, and if we'd have just not had to play the final championship, everything we would have ended on great football. And instead, we ended on football that only a Georgia fan could like. Absolutely. So there you go. Go, go dogs. dogs. Congratulations yeah. on the back to back. Seven sixteen on News Radio ninety two three. Candy's got traffic for us. And this is brought to you by Barberry Plumbing. Uh, good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns. Fairfield uh, not showing any problems. Clear from twelfth to uh, through to Palafox and W Street. When it's time to call a plumber, call the Best of the Bay winner. That's Barberry Plumbing, 477-8782. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Hey, if you're looking for that next vehicle, Frontier Motors has a great selection of good quality used cars. You know, one, two, three years old, low miles, great condition, good value, obviously. And, you know, the the, the point of Frontier to me is, uh, you know, you get great service, you get great follow-up after the fact, but it's that selection so that you can go in in one place You can look at all of the different makes and models and sedans and SUVs and trucks and whatever it is you're looking for. They'll have four, five, six different ones, probably more than that. And if they don't, you know, if they have what you want, of course, you can get it. If they have something that's close, you can find that out and then you can send them on a mission. Hey, go find me this and this color or whatever. And they can find the car you need. But it's just it's a one stop shop for you to do all of your looking around and side by side comparing. Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Hey, when your heater kicked on this season, did you get that awful burning smell? That smell is its accumulated dust and mold. The heater burns this nasty stuff off, and then the blower pushes it up into the ductwork. If you or your loved ones have allergies or breathing concerns, you know what I'm talking about. This is Todd St. Ors from Gulf Coast Air Care. We are the indoor air quality specialists. We have helped people for years with poor indoor air quality and air duct problems. At Gulf Coast Air Care, we can diagnose your issues and help you and your family be healthier, more comfortable, plus get a lower 
power bill. A clean furnace and heater and a clean and sealed duct system is the key to a healthy indoor environment. We can do a home performance test and inspection for you and show you exactly where the problem was located. And guess what? We do the repair work too. Call us at Gulf Coast Air Care at 934-2768 or on the internet at gulfcoastaircare.com. Get it, Sarah. Serious cleaning, Gulf Coast Air Care. This morning at 10.30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Join Cody Martin, Artistic Director with the Pensacola Opera, as Cody discusses Pensacola Opera's upcoming production of Puccini's La Boheme, following Mimi and Rodolfo from their first meeting to their final devastating moments. Shows are January 20th and 22nd. Call or text questions at 850-437-1620. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. All of your local news and talk from dependable host Andrew McKay on your morning drive with Pensacola Morning News 5 to 9 on News Radio 923. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Break it on down. Bless you. Bless you. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Where are you? Good morning, 719 here on News Radio 923. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Despite the cold now, it is going to warm up later. <laughs> it is going to be high in the upper 60s. Weird temperatures this week where we're in the 40s or 50s, even down into the 30s over the weekend. And then, you know, just regular temperatures through the day. It's odd, although the weekend will be a little bit colder. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines this morning. David? Coinbase now cutting a fifth of its workforce. The latest round of layoffs for the uh, San Francisco-based cryptocurrency exchange following an 18% staff reduction just last June. CEO Brian Armstrong pointing to uh, recent pressure on the crypto sector thanks to what he called, quote, unscrupulous actors in the industry. House Republicans adopting a new rules package after last week's speaker vote. Louisiana Republican Representative Steve Scalise says it'll govern how the chamber operates for the next couple of years. That was the real goal of the rules changes, to open up the process uh, and let members of Congress uh, be able to represent their constituents better. Monday's vote passed along party lines, 220 to 213, and the Golden Globes return to television tonight on NBC, the broadcast back after being dropped last year. All right. Very good, David. Thanks so much for the update. Yeah, the uh, along party lines, but for one Republican who voted against it yesterday, 220 to 213 vote. Tony Gonzalez of Texas, he didn't like the immigration implications. But basically, uh, this gets rid of the proxy voting that Nancy Pelosi had put in during COVID, uh, requires members to vote in person on the floor. It uh, allows House Freedom Caucus members to get three of the nine seats on the House Rules Committee. So that's substantial. And also presence on the steering committee, as I mentioned to you before, Byron Donald going to go on there. There's a cut as you go policy that uh, legislation that increases mandatory spending over five or 10 year period must be accompanied by offsetting cuts so that it's revenue neutral. You know, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff in there. And as I said, um, you know, we'll kind of have to see how this plays out because rules that get changed can get changed again. And of course, nothing is permanent until it's actually in law. And even then, it's not super permanent, but we'll see. And, you know, I'm optimistic, as I said to you before. 721 on News Radio 923 uh, yesterday. Oh, <laughs> Santa Rosa County Commission meeting. I knew this was coming. And yet, oh my goodness, it's just the the angry, upset, frustrated, 
sometimes at least ill-informed people who showed up at the uh, the county commission meeting to argue against the location of the wastewater treatment plant. I, I did not live here during the old stinky stuff. Right. But was that I like did. this? Was it just yelling yeah, and screaming well, and yeah, pitchforks yeah, and torches it, all the time? It was, but even like a, and I'm not going to mention names, but like some of your smarter people, like if you had a problem with something, I'd go, oh, there might be something to it. Yeah. Right? I don't know how to say it, but like if I did, people go, oh, candy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it was like everybody and some of the smarter people even had a problem with old stinky and they will say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how good it turned out. But like I had a great friend and so do you. And I'll tell you off here. Okay, but right, right. it was just like, this is a bad idea. You're an idiot. And I was like, I know I'm an idiot. I, I, I feel turned like out, and I, he was like, oh, it's great now. Major municipal projects will always have the feuding. <laughs> it just seems no, like... sure, and, but it doesn't sound like it's going to make sense. I totally get it. And that and, and that's fine. And, and, and in this case, um, you know, as I've said many times, I've heard the arguments made by the critics over and over and over and over and over again, and I think there are arguments against them. And I think that the necessity of creating the plant and the limited opportunities for other places to put it means do it there. And the notion that keeps getting perpetuated is that somehow or other, what we're building is a giant porta potty on the Blackwater River that's going to destroy the river. And I'm like, if that's what you believe, then I understand why you're angry. But do you really think that the city council or the county commission or Andrew McKay or the city managers that they're that stupid? Well, yes, people do think that they're that stupid because you have actually. Uh, I'm all. I, I know when people show up at a meeting and they put their comments on the record that they're then subject to analysis, okay? But at the same time, I never like to criticize citizens because citizens are, you know, they're doing their job. Well, and, yeah, especially and, ones that get up and yeah, show up and at meetings. Yeah, and I love to have people who show up and give their comments or whatever. But, you know, Serene Kike was one of the women who spoke yesterday. And what she said was... First of all, so poignant, but also so telling, and I think so misguided. And it's not her. I'm just, if you really believe this was true, I understand why you'd be livid. But the problem is, I don't think this is at all what's happening. Here's what she so said. This is the human side of things. My grandsons come over, 8 and 10. And the first time they seen the signs, and they read the sign, and they ran up to me and said, Grandma, what does this mean? Save the Blackwater River. And because they fish on the river with their dad and their granddaddy and they they go up to Big Eddie that's their hangout and I said well there's going to be a sewage plant that the government wants to put on the river and they went the government I said yes it's a decision they're making well they know they said where I said at the Big Eddie and they said where we swim and I said that's it where that big cliff is at they knew that. Eight and ten-year-olds knew that, and they put it together. I'm going to be blunt here. They're eight and ten-year-olds. So they said, you mean we're going to be swimming in poop? <laughs> I went, there could be a problem with that, yes, because of that big cliff that it's on. Now, this eight and ten-year-old figured it out. So, Grandma, what are you going to do? I said, well, it's breaking my heart, but I'm going to have to go against government. <sighs> Just... <laughs> the current plant is on the river, right? The current plant discharges effluent. The current plant is lower in elevation. The current plant is far more vulnerable to a storm. And yet this is kind of, this is the perception people have that somehow or other, we're just going to build this big poop factory up on the Blackwater River and call it a wastewater treatment plant. And that's what you said. It's a perception and problem. And that's yeah. the fact it- that the processing of it 
happens in a place that's farther away than the current plant, that is much higher up than the current plant, that is then going to discharge effluent not into the river, <laughs> but into this rib system. And yet people are just so like, and, th- and that's, you know, I'll come back to this in a second. I want to get candy here with traffic, but I'll finish up the thoughts on this. Because if that's what you think, I understand why you're angry, but think that through all the way. Candy's got traffic on the fives. Sure. And again, it, it was the same thing with Old Stinky, because it doesn't sound like it's going to make sense, you know, but, and it did. Gulf Beach Highway not showing any delays, no de- delays on uh, Burgess or Olive and Davis Highway, clear from the I-10 overpass through Creighton, Brent, and Fairfield. Uh, traffic tips you can text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. So, if you genuinely thought that the city council and the city administrators and the engineers and the grant writers and even to the degree that they're involved in this project, which is not really their project, the county, were all dumber than an eight-year-old, that Andrew McKay is dumber than an eight-year-old, well, that's not – is that where you want to camp? Like, that's what you th- – you think this is so obvious that even an eight-year-old would see that it's, it could be – that what you think is happening is not what you think is happening. And that's why it looks so blatantly stupid. Because you misunderstand the nature of the project. Again and again and again. And, you know, as Colton Wright said last night. Frankly, we're here to discuss the approval of a corrected deed. Nothing more. It's a city's plant, not the county's. Um, Environmentally, the current plant gives me more concern as it sits right now because it currently discharges effluent directly into Blackwater River as it is. It's at a lower elevation. So if flooding's a concern or a hurricane hitness is a concern, frankly, the current plant, I believe, is at greater risk than a, a new plant at higher elevation over a quarter mile from the river. It, exactly. But yet you've got really frustrated, angry people, and they're threatening to sue. And you had uh, the one guy, you know, where, oh, yeah, uh, you had a guy named Sean Lowry who showed up and, I mean, Calling it a threat is not much of a stretch. My name's Sean Lowry. Me and my wife, we both served in the Army. I was a chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear specialist, and I also did a little bit of field sanitation. What you are going to do if you authorize everything to happen on Blackwater is you are going to put the health and welfare of this whole community at stake. Just know, I'm not going to take it. That's all I have to say. And he's putting the death stare on him. You know, I'm like, come on, man. (laughs) Like, I understand if that's what you believe while you're frustrated, but have you looked at this? Have you studied it? Have you paid attention? Have you listened to the explanations? Because, again, if you start from the premise that the people you disagree with are stupider than an eight-year-old, then, of course, you go up and tell them I'm not going to stand for it and give them the death stare and threaten lawsuits and all the other stuff. Mayor Lindsay, who was there to represent the city after they did this vote last week, and it was a close vote because the, you know, the city council members themselves have concerns. Fair enough. Understood. And again, nobody is saying this is like the if they could build it somewhere else, I think they gladly would. <laughs> but there's where's the where else? Where's the where else? And it wouldn't. Anyway, but uh, Mayor Heather Lindsay was asked by, and I mean, they gave a location that was like next to a bunch of subdivisions. And even James Calkins is like, I'm not building next to a bunch of subdivisions. Are you crazy? That's not going to happen. So anyway, he asked Mayor Lindsay why this site. And what I would like to ask you is what is the reason why the city council and and y'all have chosen that site? In terms of why this site was chosen, it was chosen before we were elected and we have 
maintained our commitment to this site by majority because the taxpayers have already invested millions of dollars in this course of action until an engineer or an environmental expert or an agency professional tells us that we should turn our backs on that investment. It is not responsible to the taxpayers or the ratepayers to turn away from that investment. That's it. We've been working on this for years. Thank you. All the experts that look at this say, fine, we can do this. And a bunch of citizens, primarily led by a group of people who live close to that area and are concerned about it being right next to them, are frustrated and they have worked a lot of other people up into a very animated pitch over this thing. That is, if you ask me, likely to be just fine. Very, very likely to be just fine. I'm Andrew McKay. News. I'm Chris Foster. The taking of classified documents found in a private office used by President Biden's under Justice Department investigation. The special counsel to the president says Mr. Biden's personal attorneys found the materials on November 2nd, clearing out the space the president used from 2017 to 2019 after serving as vice president, explaining the National Archives took possession of them the next day. Fox's Kristen Goodwin. A woman in a car swept away by flooding in Avila Beach, California is dead. A five-year-old boy is missing 40 miles away. His mother rescued from the truck they're in. Mass evacuations include Montecito, California. Very, very intense. Um, I mean, it almost doesn't seem real. Unbelievable. It's very scary. There's been nearly relentless rain in much of California for the last week and a half, with more coming down. More than 200,000 homes and businesses are without power this morning. We're told more than 34 million people are under flood watches in California. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 731 News Radio 92.3. Right now, 42 degrees, partly cloudy in Pensacola. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office looking for a man that intentionally caused a car crash and robbed a person. 45-year-old Edward Butler wanted for this incident, which happened on December 27th on North Highway 97 in the Walnut Hill area. Butler allegedly took cash, a gun, and a debit card from the victim, used the card to withdraw money. If you have information, contact the Sheriff's Office or call Crime Stoppers. And the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office says they've now found the man who was the subject of an intense search last weekend. 29-year-old Crestview man Joshua Colley facing multiple charges, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, battery, and possession of cocaine and other drugs. Investigators say Colley was armed with a gun during a domestic violence incident, then later crashed a truck and fled into some nearby woods. He was eventually tracked to a home and arrested yesterday afternoon. Despite what your bill might say, Florida Power and Light does say they're still in the midst of that four-year plan to reduce energy bills to be in line with the rest of FPL's customers. Those are all temporary just until those costs are recovered and then they roll off the bill. Mm -hmm. So those will be whatever time frame that is. As soon as those costs are, are done, they will be off the bill. That's FPL spokeswoman Sarah Gatewood. She talked with Channel 3 and some customers were notified recently their bills are going to be increasing another $5 due to the costs the company incurred because of high fuel rates. But probably won't end there. Later this month, they're filing documents with the Public Service Commission to outline their plans to recover costs associated with Hurricane Ian. Florida Senator Rick Scott hoping his colleagues in Washington are going to join in on the fight against the deadly drugs flowing across the southern border. An individual I know, uh, her uh, son came home uh, from Air Force and um, just to surprise her for her birthday. 
Uh, his friend gave him a, a Xanax he bought online, and he's, he's dead within five minutes. So that's happening all across the country. Speaking with CBS 12, Senator Rick Scott's been holding roundtables all across the state of Florida over the last week, speaking on border crisis bills he's filed, one of which the End Fentanyl Act, which would require Customs and Border Patrol to ensure uniform inspection practices that would effectively deter illegal smuggling of both drugs and humans. The same bill passed the Senate last year, but it was held up in the House. Representatives from a oil and gas company are planning to visit Century this week to look into setting up a manufacturing and distribution warehouse. The company looking into a 40,000 square foot building, which used to house a helicopter technology company, but it's been vacant since about 2009 when the city acquired it. North Escambia reporting that the company is now potentially looking to hire about five people with uh, average salaries in the $46,000 range. They're hoping to expand that operation in the future as well. Company reps be visiting with Century Town leaders to discuss their options and potential upgrades for that building as well throughout the week. It is 7.35 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives with Candy. Hey, uh, good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays. I, I say that. Uh, Dog track and Fair Pine showing an accident, but no roadblock this morning. And same thing with uh, Highway 98. It looks like there was an accident uh, near Navy, but it looks like that has been cleared out of the way. So uh, watch for emergency vehicles. And then Tanglewood Drive and Willard Norris Road in Milton showing an accident, but again, no roadblock. See an accident or tra- you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Beautiful day out there today with temperatures warming up near 68 degrees. Least sunny skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping into the 50s, 54 degrees for your low. Small chance of rain with some more humidity builds in as you go into Wednesday. 10% chance of a stray shower. Plenty of clouds out there, high near 73. Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 63 degrees and showers and thunderstorms move in as we go into your Thursday. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. A little bit chilly, but warming up right now. 42 in Pensacola, 49 in Gulf Breeze, and 38 in Milton. Our next news at 8, breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Jennifer Koshinka with your Money Now. Mortgage rates are still twice what they were a year ago, but home prices have been falling since June. And that's finally making consumers feel better about what had been an overheated, highly competitive housing market. A monthly housing sentiment index from Fannie Mae shows sentiment improved from November to December. The share of respondents saying now is a good time to buy a home was still low at just 21 percent, but that's up from 16 percent in October. The share saying now is a bad time decreased. More consumers also believe home prices will fall in the next 12 months and more also said they believe mortgage rates will come down. A pair of attorneys defending FTX founder Sam Bankman freed against one of the biggest white collar prosecutions in decades are veterans of high profile cases including ones involving drug lord El Chapo and disgraced social aide Ghislaine Maxwell. Mark Cohen and Christian Everdell, former federal prosecutors who are now partners in the New York based boutique of Cohen and Gressa will represent Bankman freed. That's your money now. Uh, what'd you do this time, Brad? I'm in the doghouse after my hunting trip last weekend. Yeah, I was too. I blew off our date. How'd you get out of the doghouse? Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa. I got her a gift card. It took three minutes at SWMedSpa.com. She booked it this Saturday. Saturday? So nine holes then? Tea time's at eight. To enjoy a hassle-free guys weekend, treat her to a gift card from Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa. Follow Stillwater's on Facebook or Instagram to enter contests and win great prizes. Or visit SWMedSpa.com. Parents usually know if their children will argue over their inheritance. 
but this can be prevented. I'm Wesley Odom with Armand Advisors. No one wants to see their wealth wasted away because of poor planning. I've assisted several clients with estate planning ideas and sometimes have served as trustee or executor upon their death. Give me a call at 497-6167. Armada Advisors is charting a better course. News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host has a black belt. Who could it be? Who is it? The correct answer is Andrew McKay. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Morning, 738 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Joining me, we have Chip Simmons, the Scambia County Sheriff. Sheriff, welcome back to the show, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, um, apparently, the mandatory equipment when you go to play bingo is uh, to take your daubers and your bag and your concealed carry weapon just in case. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure what the sign says. Shoes, <laughs> shirt, I'm not sure what, what that is. But. So, t- t- okay, tell me what happened in this case. This is at uh, Bingo Paradise. and uh, Well, the way I understand it, the guy was shooting outside, and somehow or other winds up being detained by two citizens with concealed carry. You tell me what happened. Well, yeah, we had a 38-year-old David Lee Wilkerson, uh, who we ended up charging. Uh, he was outside of that uh, Bingo Paradise and uh, acting a little strangely and a couple women walked in he hit one of them with the butt of the gun uh, what we call pistol whipped um, one individual then they went inside he fired the gun into the uh, bingo paradise and at them and then ultimately two individuals that um, had a carrying concealed weapon held him at gunpoint uh, outside detained him so in the end the end result is a alleged criminal is in custody so that's the good news that is the good news but I have questions. Sure, you okay. always have. Because <laughs> listen, I, I have a concealed really have carry, answers. and I want to. I want to make sure that people who have concealed carries or who think about these things, I want them to know the law, and I want them to not get in trouble, and I want them to know what they're allowed to do. Um, in this case, if a person and he was at the time not in possession of the gun and not threatening anybody when they detained him, right? That's my understanding. Okay, so are they allowed to have a gun drawn on him at that time? If you're if you're asking me um, my opinion on two individuals who have carrying concealed permits using those guns to detain an individual that they think is a danger, they reasonably think is a danger. I I dig it. Okay, and I knew you would, and I I do too. Um, but that was my concern is, yeah, you know, like for example, if he tries to run away, they obviously can't shoot him. Right, then he would no longer be a danger to them or someone else. But they they weren't. But aware. I mean, even at that time, like if they say to him, "Stay there, the sheriff's coming," and they got guns on him, and he's like, "You can't shoot me, I'm running away." If they if he runs away, they can't do anything other than maybe tackle him, right? Well, that's typically correct. It depends on uh, again, is it reasonable to think that he may turn around? Now it depends on if he has a gun and he faces away from it, absolutely them. You sure. Usually turn around with a gun. 
But at that point, my understanding was that, yes, he didn't have the gun, but they didn't know that. They okay. weren't aware that he had already discarded the gun. They had reason to believe that he still had the gun on his person. Okay. So they did what I probably would do. I would detain him with, with my own version of a, of a firearm. Okay. So in that scenario, having heard the shots, believing they have a guy who might still be armed and therefore might still constitute a danger to them or to other people, their reasonable level of danger, concern, and uncertainty justifies them holding him at gunpoint in what is this kind of a makeshift citizen's arrest, but the gun is, is the key issue. Yeah, again, I think that the fact that he, uh, the knowledge that he had hit someone with a gun, that mm-hmm. he had fired into the store, uh, is certainly a head start into your belief that he may be a danger. Okay, fair enough. And and that's what I want to know, because, I, you know, again, just I, I want my hope, because I think most people are not all that clear on these laws and these rules, and I want people to be crystal clear so that they don't do something stupid. And get themselves in a the bind. Exactly. I, I don't want somebody in a situation. I, I want them to be able to remember, like, they're about to do something dumb. Wait, Sheriff said this. <laughs> you know, I want them to be clear. Well, and, and we've said it. How many times have I said the word reasonable? Yeah. we talk about, is it reasonable to believe that, that this person's armed and or a danger or a threat to you or someone else and that's the same standard that we go by at the in law enforcement yeah and uh, by the way i know this is not here but just because it's kind of related there was a case in uh, texas where a guy there was a a, 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 um uh, like a fast food place being robbed and the guy had a gun and he goes around and he takes money from all the patrons well when he finishes with patron three let's say that guy pulls out his gun shoots the robber dead the gun turns out to be fake Something you can't really know in the circumstance right. unless, you know, I mean, you typically can't tell the difference because fakes are good. And, you know, maybe it was an airsoft or something. I don't unless know. There's all kinds of possibilities. Water, you probably don't know. Right. right. Um, and then he gave all the money back to everybody else. And then he left, which apparently locally wasn't illegal, but they looked for him for questioning to find. And they're looking at charges for him. And I thought charges for him. He's defending himself. He's defending other people. The only thing he could have even remotely have done wrong is maybe leaving without talking to law enforcement at the time. But that, based on just what I've told you, that's certainly within the realm of reasonable use of self-defense and deadly force, right? Yeah. If someone's robbing a store uh, or a bank or something like that, and you, and now now we don't we don't necessarily say, hey, go and do this. We don't encourage someone to do this. Sure. What we encourage people is to protect themselves or others. Be prepared. And, yeah, and to be to be prepared. So in this case, it looks like he. Uh, he did that in his own way, and then he, he left. Now, again, do we wish he would stick around? Obviously, he would stick around. We do have a need to commute to talk with him. Sure. So we'll go out there, look for him, and find him. Um, but I, I don't know that there's something, anything illegal about leaving at that, at that time. Again, if we get there and we know you've done it and we instruct you to stay, you can't leave then. Right. You're, you're being detained at that point just so we can kind of get a clearer idea of what took place because we don't know if your version of what took place is actually what took place. You could actually be someone that's, that, that's wanted for a, for a serious crime. So we, we are there um, and we would detain you. However, um, if we get there and you're no longer present, then we will do what we can to find you. And in this case, they have video. You know, you can see inside oh, yeah. the store, so you can yeah. see very clearly what happened. Hey, just on this last thing before we get traffic from Candy, um, I was thinking about this the other day. If you do wind up as a citizen with a concealed carry in a situation where police are responding, what, how do you want me to tell you that I'm a good guy? <laughs> I mean, because well, well, I, I would not have the gun visible. Okay. You know, I mean, I would do what you can to reconceal your weapon if you have an opportunity to do so. If if a cop gets on to you, then just obviously follow the instructions um, and then let them know as quickly as you can that I, I'm not the suspect. Yeah. I, you know, and I have a concealed carry. Yeah. It's much the same as, as, as we would ask people to do that um, at a traffic stop. 
Okay, because, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, this case where they had him at the bingo parlor. You know, you drive up on a situation, the guy with the gun, you presume, is the danger. But when the guy, the guy with the gun is the good guy, you know, right. <laughs> that's hard to thing to, to get communicated in uh, exigent circumstance. We're talking to Sheriff Chip Simmons. We'll be back to him in just a second. Let's get traffic on the fives with Candy. All right. Uh, watching an accident. Dog track and Fair Pine Drive. Now, it's not showing a roadblock, but it is slow. So watch for emergency vehicles on scene. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Sheriff Simmons. Uh, you guys had a kind of an unusual arrest this week uh, with uh, Marcus Flintroy on nine mile right well i mean I, I will tell you that something like that happens probably on a weekly basis but we, it doesn't happen in a at a gas station yeah we had information that flint roy uh was responsible for some shootings in, in some neighborhoods and he was a you know a, a, a bad guy he had been out of prison for about a year um doing like nine or ten years he had 20 felony charges i think nine felony convictions and all this stuff we knew who we were dealing with the decision was made uh, based on some some verifiable intelligence uh, that he had weapons in his car and that he was this convicted felon uh, was to make a traffic stop and typically we try to do that in a safer location as we possibly can with as much manpower as we can and stopped um, and, at a gas station yeah, he stopped. usually you would think that's a right well i mean we he pulled into a gas the gas pump yeah um facing one way and then another car pulled in front of him we're thinking hey okay well he's gonna get behind him and he's he's stuck uh, we didn't realize that the guy he was, that was pulled up in front of him was getting out and getting to his car. Now, two cars parked at a gas pump, neither one of them pumping gas. And, and you know, <laughs> what are they doing? What are they doing? Anyway, so we make a decision with the assistance of, uh, of the state police, the FHP. Um, they pull in behind us in a marked cruiser car, behind him, in a marked cruiser car, and uh, tries to, that we try to pin him in. In the meantime, we have two or three unmarked cars in the area. And again, we know this guy is, is, is armed. You know, when we know he's a convicted felon, we, not, we all this kind of stuff. So he sees us and tries to pull forward, rams one of our unmarked cars, one of our spare. We brought our spare unmarked car at the time. Um, and, and then he veers off to the right and hits another one of our unmarked cars, which will now probably be a spare. But, <laughs> but, and then we end up, but they do a good job, a good enough job of, of pinning him in there. Uh, he decides, like, like many would-be bad guys, that um, he's the only tough guy when he's the only one with a gun. Uh, in this situation, he was not. Um, he gets out and he runs behind the, the building, a brief chase. He's no track athlete. We catch him. <laughs> we, um, we put him in cuffs and walk him back, come to find out. We were right. He had, um, you know, this AR pistol mm-hmm. um, with with a 30 round loaded magazine, one chambered, and an extra 30 round magazine right in between the the, the seats of his of wow. his car. And additionally, he had a, a, a pistol with an extended magazine, again fully loaded, one in a chamber, and again an extra uh, magazine completely loaded. In addition to, uh, you know, a, quite a bit of fentanyl. Um, a fentanyl press he's pressing these this fentanyl into pills mm-hmm. uh, just a uh, obviously a dangerous situation a, a what we consider to be a dangerous individual and i i just gotta give credit to our guys i mean they they knew this guy um based on the intelligence uh was armed and they knew he was armed well and and they still did what they what they had to do even though he's trying to you know ram cars and and all this sort of thing. And obviously a special thank you to the Ohio Patrol for helping us uh, with that situation. And thank God he ran. I mean, because it could have been a lot worse. You know, a lot of horrible things could have happened in that situation. So thank goodness yeah. that's all he did was ram the cars and then run, you know, as opposed to get out those weapons, which, you know. Well, you know, and, and here's the thing. 
um, while, while this is unique because it happened right there in the middle of the gas station and, and there's a, a video of it. Yeah. A lot of people saw it. There's some comments on online. Um, but this stuff happens uh, quite a bit. Our guys are out there. Our narcotics guys, our gun crimes guys, our patrol guys, we're out there stopping cars and people with guns um, all the time. They're, they're doing the work. You know, that's why when, when people say, oh, you know, what, what's the sheriff's office doing about this gun crime? We're doing stuff like this. And we're doing stuff like this every week. Just what two weeks ago, we I, I showed you fifteen more guns that that we seized, yeah. and, and and enough fentanyl to kill you know hundreds of thousands of people. They're out there doing the job, and and they're they're acting brave every day. You uh, speaking of gun violence, you guys have a round, another roundtable that's coming up. Uh, what a week from tomorrow, Brownsville, January eighteenth, uh, five thirty uh, at Brownsville. Yes, we're going to kind of the 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 roundtable makeup will be similar to what we had last time. And, you know, we we floated some ideas, talked about some things, and and we were we tasked ourselves with going over it. Uh, what we talked about and maybe coming up with some some continued um, you know conclusions and some um, some game plans um, I'll be bringing you know some statistics and I'll bring some you know where we are state of the state type thing and then we're going to ask okay where were we where are we and what is what is the direction last thing I wanted to ask you about this is somebody actually called me and said can you ask Sheriff Simmons about this and I said well, yeah sure uh, is nine mile road recently you know not that recently but fairly recently has been completed uh, and it's a road that you feel like you could drive a hundred on because of the way it's been built over by Navy Federal, uh, yet the speed limit is like 45. And uh, the residents, uh, according to this person, he says, uh, people are frustrated because they feel like the 45 is too low. You don't set that, but still the 45 is too low. And he feels like the uh, sheriffs are going after people aggressively for speeding in that area. And it's not really fair given the structure design of the road. Your comments. <laughs> no. It amuses me sometimes, and I, and I appreciate people calling with their opinions. I really do. We listen sure. to us. Um, typically, the complaint is, oh, my gosh, the speed limit is is uh, too high, and this is neighborhood, and this and that. In situations like that, we have, getting, we have received a number of complaints about people going too fast on that roadway. Mm-hmm. And so we were running radar there. We had run, uh, individuals running or deputies running radar uh, quite often. We were uh, running, running tickets for, for real speeders and or high speeders and then giving warnings for those who are lower lower threshold um i i don't know that i have a comment i mean i it, the speed limit is 45 and if you do 65 that's that's too fast if if it, just because i feel like the speed limit is too low doesn't mean i can i can go faster than that right. i think that the best bet would be to petition whoever i don't even know who comes up with them. i'm assuming that the spark state uh, i'm assuming DOT, it's f dot yeah, yeah to, uh, takes care of this i would i'll petition them and I'm, I'm sure they don't just flip a coin to determine the speed i think that they probably use the width of the road how many cars yep. to set back all that kind of stuff i'm hoping that that's that they have a <laughs> right a, some sort of a of a, they don't spin a, the speed limit wheel, wheel. right? Exactly. Yeah, I hope they, that they do that. So I, I while I understand, um, you know, we have an obligation to, to to try to keep speed at a moderate pace. And if the speed limit is forty five, then then go no longer than forty five, fifty at the most. And I think the my key takeaway from what you said is that there are some people who are going to be angry for speed being enforced, and there are also some people who are going to be angry that speeding isn't being enforced, and people are speeding too much, and so. Your job is to enforce the law, even though you don't set the speed limit, and that's that's the key. Uh, Chip Simmons, Sheriff of Scambia County, as always, sir, thank you for what you do to keep our, uh, our community safe from all the variety of dangers that we face. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. Y'all take care. 752 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay.
Northwest Florida, Pensacola, Pace, Milton, Fort Walton. Your last chance to sign up for the 2023 health plan is January 15th for February 1st effective day. Call the Florida Blue Mobile Center, 850-273-5680. Coming to you. Florida Blue plans offer reliable coverage at an affordable cost. With over 200 plan options to fit a variety of budgets and health care needs, there's sure to be one for you. Explore plans with low to no deductibles, $0 in-person and virtual visits, and Doctors with extended office hours. You may even qualify for lower monthly payments after financial assistance. At no cost to you, an exclusive Florida Blue agent will help you find the right 2023 Florida Blue plan and quickly get you enrolled. But don't wait. Sign up before January 15th. Call the Florida Blue Mobile Center, 850-273-5680. English and Spanish-speaking agents available. Tenemos agentes que hablan español. Individual exchange plans only if you qualify. Policies have limitations and exclusions. Looking to start a career or change your current career? Pensacola State College is the place for you. Choose from short-term, high-demand career and technical education programs, ranging from commercial vehicle driving to medical assisting. Call 850-484-2000. Are you looking to start your education or to change careers? Pensacola State College is the place for you. We offer bachelor's degrees, two-year degrees, career certificates, and more, ranging from nursing to welding. Apply today. PensacolaState.edu. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. Look, that rabbit's got a vicious street a mile wide. It's a killer. Seven fifty-four here on News Radio ninety-two-three, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Let's get David Wayne in here from the newsroom with our headlines. David. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Americans are split on how they feel about companies taking political and social stances. New Gallup poll out showing 52% of people believe that companies should not take public stances. 48% of people believe that it's okay that they do. The former chief financial officer for the Trump organization expected to be sentenced to five months in jail today in New York for tax fraud. Alan Weisselberg pleaded guilty to operating a scheme to defraud tax authorities by uh, failing to pay taxes on over one and a half million dollars worth of company perks and a former Texas police officer scheduled to be executed for his wife's murder for hire. Robert Frada convicted in 96 of recruiting two men from his gym to kill his wife, the mother of their three children. Mm. All right. Wow. David, thanks so much for the update. Now, Candy's got traffic and uh, watching one accident, watching a couple of accidents, but it looks like just one is a it's not even tying things up, really. It's Dog Track and Fairpoint, and uh, this is just south of the actual Dog Track Road, and it looks like Fair Pine, I'm sorry, Fair Pine, is backed up, uh, backing up going to Dog Track, that is. And then Grand Bahama Drive, Tiger Lily Drive, this is in Pensacola, this just popped up. Roadway is blocked in the area, use caution. Grand, Grand Bahama and Tiger Lily Drive, and that is south of the accident on Dog Track and Fairpoint. If you see an accident or a slowdown, traffic tips, 6437-1620, News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Hey, uh, maybe over the holiday, as you were spending time with your parents particularly, but, you know, noticing things about them if you're especially in your 40s or 50s that as they're getting up in age, they're starting to behave a little bit differently and maybe have trouble with things that uh, you hadn't otherwise been thinking about. Listen, pay attention to that. You know, you're tending what you want to tend to do is to talk yourself out of it and think it's no big deal. 
Um, you know, I, I tell you, when you see this stuff, um, pay attention, okay? Because you're in a position to be able to help them. And one of the ways you can help them is you talk to my friend John Horton at Assisted Living Locators, and this might be the time to talk about moving them to assisted living. Now, you probably think, like, oh, I'm never going to put them in a skilled nursing care. Okay, fine. It's not the same. Uh, assisted living is very independent, but you get help with the basic activities of daily living that are just too much for you now. Bathing, dressing, grooming, toileting, that kind of stuff. But once you make the decision that that makes sense, then it's where? And there's like 40 different places locally. Well, he knows all of them, and he can help you figure out what is the right place for your loved ones. And there's no charge whatsoever, so talk to him. 712-0887 or look him up online at Assisted Living Locators. Dot com 437 is my phone number. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, we were talking about, like with Sheriff Simmons, is the road, like Nine Mile Road. Man, I totally understand. Like, it looks like a road you could drive 70 on. It looks like an interstate. Uh, you know, uh, US 29, same thing. You know, 83 miles or 83 lanes wide. You know, it just feels like an interstate. And then you put a 45 on, and you're like, come on. it's the, We're going to have this same problem when the bridge opens. Okay, because Three Mile Bridge, when it reopens the other span, is going to, it's the basically the same design, even the same company, right, that made the I-10 Escambia Bay Bridge, and that's what it's going to look like. It's going to be three lanes with a shoulder on either side, and you're going to say to yourself, this should be 70, because that's what you can drive on the Escambia Bay Bridge. And you know what the speed limit's going to be on Three Mile Bridge? 45. And... Oh, yeah. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. I mean, right now, with all of the orange pylons and the narrow lanes and the uh, cross traffic and everything else, you're like, okay, fine. I mean, people go, what, 55? You know, pretty typically, oh, yeah. right? There, there's 0% chance that people are going to go 45 on that bridge. Well, this is bad design, right? When you try to make a road where people feel comfortable going 70 and then you tell them to go 45, of course they're going to speed. It doesn't make it okay to speed, but that's your reason why. And I was actually uh, texting back and forth with a friend of mine. He says, FDOT raises the speed limit, like on I-110. They, they raised it a couple of years ago from 55 to 65, you'll remember, when 85% of the traffic exceeds the speed limit, mm-hmm. you know, by a significant margin. Well, you know, <laughs> so maybe, maybe if you keep driving fast, nine mile will go up. And in the meantime, you're going to get tickets. <laughs> so you got to do it for us. Do it for the kipper. Take one for everybody. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that's part of the issue behind the, like the highway 90 widening is that the design is for 45 and the city wants it to be 30 or 35. If you build a road for 45, people will drive that or above. Think Cervantes, same issue. Local talk during the day with Jenna Barr, 9 to 11, is on. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. There's a big new development coming to the Industrial Park in Santa Rosa County. We'll tell you who's looking to build there. That story and more coming up after this update from Fox News on News Radio 92.3. They're going to get even more rain this week. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Not the forecast they want in already waterlogged California. Very, very intense. Um, I mean, it almost doesn't seem real. Unbelievable. It's very scary. They're among thousands out of their homes. Santa Barbara and Montecito, unfortunately, having evacuations and rescues because of the rushing water coming down off of those mountains.
That's Fox Weather's Robert Ray in another hard-hit area. This is Capitola Beach here, uh, strewn with debris just south of Santa Cruz. Timber, uh, logs, bottles, you name it, all over this sandy beach. As many businesses have been affected, homes flooded out. These storms blamed for at least 14 deaths. A federal prosecutor in Illinois has been appointed to investigate classified documents found in an office Joe Biden used for a few years after he was vice president. The Biden administration is cooperating with the National Archives and Department of Justice. That's according to President Biden's special counsel in response to Obama-era documents found at the Penn 